A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Every week between 6 and 7pm, the TalkSport cricket team come together for one hour of cricket chat. And this week, we're talking about the imminent arrival of the biggest show in town, the IPL. Tupacin goes straight over his head and six. He wins the game. Such a big deal, a World T20 was postponed just to make sure it happened. On today's show, you'll find out how close we came to the IPL not happening at all. Learn a little bit more about the lengths the teams have gone to to make it happen and find out what players are a six or a wicket away from becoming household names. Here he goes again. See you later. Oh, that's huge. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Well, alongside me as ever is Jared Kimber. Jared, um, well, as somebody who's worked at pretty much every major domestic T20 competition, why is it that the IPL is still seen as number one? Well, because everyone goes there. It's not this year. <laughs> you know, well, not 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 as much this year, but uh, I mean, there's more money, so everyone gets paid more. Um, but also, it is you know, it's where AB de Villiers and Chris Gale turn up. It's where. You know, Chris Morris and uh, Andre Russell turn up. Not all those, you know, there's a lot of tournaments around the world. It's very rare that you get, you know, the biggest guys, the most expensive players over and over again. Um, and it's also the only place where the Indians turn up. And that's mm. where the eyeballs of uh, cricket go. So, yeah, it's it's the biggest for a lot of different reasons, I think. Okay, Jared, so how are we looking then? In terms of the English participants, Joss Butler, Joffrey Archer, Tom Curran, and hopefully Ben Stokes at the Registrar Royals. Uh, Owen Morgan and Tom Banton at Kolkata, Jason Roy, Chris Wokes, Delhi Capitals, Johnny Bairstow at Sunrisers, Moeen Ali at RCB, Sam Curran, Chennai, Chris Jordan, Kings Eleven, Punjab. We always get excited at this time of the year. We say, oh, there's so many English players playing. <laughs> and then about four of them play because well, uh, you can't get yeah. them all in the side. So which ones, which ones won't play, first off? Which ones will? Yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, I can't see how Tom Curran gets into the uh, Rajasthan team, so I, I think we can cross him off straight away. Chris Jordan, I, I would assume they're going to bring in if they have problems with their death bowling um, at Kings Eleven. I don't think he's an automatic starter. Tom Banton's very interesting uh, for me. 
Uh, again, you know, I talked about Kolkata being very smart. He seems like a very odd decision um, to play, especially in the UAE. He's, he's quite un- untested. I would think that they might give him a couple of games and see how he goes, but I don't think he'll play the full tournament. So, yeah, there's a few guys there. I mean, Chris Wokes went for a fortune, didn't he, with um, RCB a couple of years ago, and since then uh, he's not seen as the same level of player. Moen Ali should uh, should always be playing for RCB, but over the years they've... Uh, they've not always committed to him that much. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever told this story, but I was part of the reason that they drafted him as I was consulting for them at the time. And, and, they, were, and they were saying to me, what do you think of him? I said, I, I just don't even understand why you're asking. Moen Ali in the IPL is the most obvious overseas player. You can bat him anywhere from number one to seven. Um, you know, he's a very versatile bowler as well you know, and spins in a long way. He's a, you know, a brilliant signing for an IPL team, but they've never quite committed to him. So, yeah, I think there's a few guys there that they'll, uh, they'll be thinking about. Well, if you look at the RCB uh, lineup, they've got De Villiers, who's an absolute shoe-in as one of their He'll overseas. probably get a game. I reckon so. Aaron Finch um, is probably going to get a game. Uh, so that's two of the four slots. Chris Morris, you know, you're not going to be picking between Moeen Ali and Chris Morris, are you? But you might be, and then Dale Stain is also, not sure if you've heard of him either. But mm. there's Adam Zampa. So it, it looks like it could be a, essentially between those two, isn't it? I know they're different bowlers, but, you know, it could be Moeen Ali's batting on one day or it could be, Adam Zampa's leg spin on another, I guess. It's as simple as that. And that's part of the problem, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's, only... it's how you fit them in. I yeah. mean, if you think about it, uh, what, you, what you might look at is how many runs you would uh, Aaron Finch will get you in a season. How many less runs will Moen Ali get you, considering that you then have a frontline bowler in your top seven? That, that might be the only thing that you might think with someone like Finch. But having paid the money for Finch, who has done so well in so many IPL seasons, uh, you know, it's very hard. And they're going to have to pick one. You know, Chris Morris and Dale Stane might switch around a little bit. But as you said, Zampa's there as well. It, you know, the problem is a lot of, a lot of the, the, the structure is that I don't think they really think about the best way to structure the players around. Um, uh, so, so... They don't a lot of a lot of T Twenty teams and RCB are the absolute worst when it comes to this. They don't really look at all the different cases. You should have a lot more role players on your bench, you know, sort of single use overseas players. But what they've gone for is, I mean, I can't, I can't, other than Dale Stane, who I think might have gone a little bit cheaper. It looks like they spent a lot of money on their overseas players uh, when realistically you can't play them all. Let's have and, a look, and that's where Chennai have been so good over the years at doing the opposite of that. Uh, we'll look at Chennai in a second, but if we look at Kolkata, it's the same thing, really. I mean, you've got Andre Russell, who's absolutely going to play. Probably. Um, you've got Sonny Narayan, who's absolutely going to play. Okay, <laughs> so there's two of your two of your four. Um, and then oh, they've you got just Pat- paid. You've just paid more money for Pat Collins <laughs> than any, yeah. anyone else ever. So, so there's three. There's three. Okay. <laughs> so then in and around that, you've got Lockie Ferguson, who just won't play if Pat Cummins plays. I I imagine. Agree. You've got Owen Morgan, who sat out more IPL. <laughs> seasons than any other player probably uh, Chris Green who's an interesting one in himself uh, Ali Khan and Tom Banton so it's I mean maybe actually Banton will get a, a knock because if he's going to play up up the order he, he may actually get more of a, more game time than Owen Morgan yeah, it'd be very interesting. I mean, I see Banton and Chris Green as guys that they can bring in for specific games and mm. for specific matchups. Uh, Chris Green is obviously not very well known in the UK, but he he's a little bit like an Australian version of Johan Bota, but he, he smacks the ball around a little bit further. But, you know, very dour off spin. Um, he's not an exciting cricketer. Um, 
but he's uh, he's certainly a very effective one in T20 cricket. But but the Kolkata squad, it goes back to what I was just saying. <laughs> They've got Pat Cummins and Lockie Ferguson. And when Harry Gurney wasn't available, because he would um, would have been in their squad, they brought in Ali Khan. So they've just brought in a third um, overseas quick bowler. And again, you start to look at these things and you go, where are they going to fit all these guys in? They've already got Andre Russell. If Andre Russell bowls as well, they've now got four out-and-out quick bowlers. You probably only need one in the team. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You'd really be better off, I think, to pick a bunch of guys like Tom Banton and Chris Green, who are young players who can, if, if they break out, then you've got them for the next couple of years, or you know, certainly the availability to sign them for the next couple of years. Uh, and a bunch of different role players who, who, who cover different things. But it just seems like this Kolkata squad, and I, I hate doubting Kolkata because I think they're so clever at what they do. But it doesn't make sense. And there's every chance that Tom Banton and um, Owen Morgan between them play about three games. Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, Johnny Bairstow should get a game. Him and David Warner, they, they had a great little partnership at the top of the order, didn't they? Which is strange in itself. But uh, you, you can't break that up, can you? They nah. were so good together. I mean, that, Phenomenal. They, it, it, again, um, you know, how the overseas players are going to work there, you would assume Bairstow and Warner go. Yeah. Um, and then they've got the two Afghanistanis in Muhammad Nami and Rashid Khan. Yeah. So if you pick those four overseas, it, you know, Sunrisers suddenly look like a very, very good team. But they're... They've got um, Fabian Allen on the bench. They do, yeah. Who I really, really like. But again, a bit like a lot of these um, English players, I'm not sure how he gets a game. The good thing with Fabian Allen is you don't have to play him because he's also the best fielder in the world. So he could literally be a 12th man and probably still be worth five or ten runs a game. Yeah, I, I quite like Sunrisers, to be honest with you. Let's have a look at yeah, Chennai. You, you mentioned uh, Chennai and the balance they've got. With the IPL, I wouldn't say that when you think of a player now um, and the first shirt that comes to mind when I say, so I was to say to you, MS Dhoni, what's the first shirt that comes to mind? Probably, probably still is an India shirt, but the Chennai yellow isn't too far behind. Mm. Um, And there's players like that, isn't it? They've really made their identity now as nearly as much with their IPL team as it is with their national team. You know, Lassie's Malinga, who's not playing this year, but you know, in the Mumbai blue, for instance, even Shane Watson, he's, He's probably loved more in India through playing for uh, playing IPL than he is in Australia. Um, but MS Dhoni's back anyway. He's going to be captaining Chennai. Dwayne Bravo. This is a this is an old team. Faf Plessis, Imran Tahir. I mean, how old are these guys? Shane Watson's still in the side. I mean, there's an average age of about forty. But then Sam it's Curran a- brings it down slightly. Yeah, there's a, they've got a couple of young players, but but you're right. I mean, it's it's a very very old team, and they you know Stephen Fleming, who I worked with at Melbourne Stars, he likes that, and they've won titles mm. with incredibly old teams. I think two or three years ago, I wrote a piece about um, about Chennai. They're a really interesting team because they don't follow any modern trends. Um, they still play T20 like it was a few years ago, but because they have so many experienced players who know their roles. I mean, you have got someone like Faf Duplessis, who is a bit like. Um, Kane Williamson. I mean, he doesn't come, he doesn't play that many games, but he's there, I think, to guide the younger players and provide sort of captaincy support for MS Dhoni at times, which might sound weird, but they have a very interesting relationship. But yeah, you've got then guys like Keda Yadav and um, even Ravage Deja now, who's quite old, uh, Rayadu. Um, uh, I'm Santner's at that team as well. It's a very, um, and as you said, Watson before, um, and Rainer would have been playing as well. Yeah, I mean, Rainer would have been there. Be, yeah, Rainer must be you know mid thirties as well. So it's a very old experience. Everyone knows their role in that team. I think they might have taken it as far as they can um, when it comes to the ages of 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 these players. But uh, you know you don't count them out because 
they they are so clever. The fact that they've got guys like Santner and Ngidi and Hazelwood has come in and Duplessis and Sam Curran every, and, 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 and Dwayne Bravo, everyone plays an individual role. They can chop and change a lot more with their team for the conditions and the opposition. Whereas, as you've already said, but a lot of these teams, they can't do that. Let's look at Mumbai then. Uh, let's finish up. No English uh, player within the ranks. But they don't got, need them. Well, they don't, do they? You know, they've got Kyron Pollard. They've got your favourite bowler in international cricket, Mitchell McLennigan. Um, they've got Quinton de Kock, uh, Trent Bolt, of course. He's, he's a funny one, isn't he? He's, uh, they spent a lot of money on him and then didn't really play him that much. Chris Lynn, Nathan Coltonow, and right at the bottom of the list, James Pattinson, almost a forgotten mm. man of uh, Australian fast bowling, when arguably he should be the best one. Yeah, again, it's Pattinson, it's McLennigan, it's Nathan Coulton Nile, it's Trent Bolt, and you're just like, well, that's four, <laughs> four Seabers there. Um, how are you going to fit all these guys in? I expect Quinton de Kock to finally have a you know a huge tournament for them. I don't think he's ever had a huge IPL tournament, and you know we all know how good he is. It's going to happen eventually. Um, Karen Pollard would just look played some of the absolute innings of. Um, of the, of the uh, um, CPL, CPL. Mm. just an incredible there. Um, James Pattinson's really interesting because he's never been a great T20 player. He's played some incredible games. I think I, I've seen him go for 60 runs in a, in a T20 game, or it felt like that many. Um, and he's also taken, you know, you know, five for none in other games. He can also bat. So he's kind of like you discount Pat Cummins um, at a certain thing. But realistically, that middle order is phenomenal. To have the two Pandya brothers, everyone talks about Hardik Pandya because of what he's done for India. But Krunal Pandya, I think, is an even better T20 player than Hardik is. And then to slap uh, Kyron Pollard in the middle, they, they, on paper, again, look like the best team. Um, guys like Ishan Kishan, who's not that well-known, but, you know, if, if one of those young Indian players has a breakout year as well, there's... Uh, Anything could happen. They also have um, someone who, again, won't, won't get much playing time, but Shafane Rutherford, big, I'm a big fan of him out of uh, the West Indies, a very, very interesting player. So, it, look, on paper, they look really good. And it's interesting to say that because, obviously, one of the withdrawn players is Lassif Malinga, but I just don't think that affects them. Billings, he goes over his head. Should be six more. It's six more. Into the sunscreen. Russell, 67. Will he go again? Of course he will. Of course he goes again. Six, six, six. Sally bowls in. No question there. Kishan bowl best ball. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. This week we're talking about the IPL, which gets underway on Saturday. And you can cover and follow all of the action on TalkSport 2. We'll be bringing you extended coverage uh, every weekday from uh, 2.30. The two teams that perennially underachieved, Delhi Capitals, uh, they changed their name. They've got, I mean, you know, any team with Ricky Ponting uh, uh, in charge. And they've actually got some ex- some real excitement. Kimo Paul, um, one of many West Indies players within the IPL. Shimron Hetmeyer, you know, we watched him play, didn't we, at the start of last year. Marcus Stoinis, if he plays at the top of the order, he's certainly uh, impressed. Um, Enric Nortia, the player that we saw at the start of the year, um, playing for, uh, for South Africa. Um, how do you see them going? The, the team doesn't make sense to me. Um, Delhi Capitals always kind of looks like this. You look at them on paper, mm. and you, I, I don't, I don't understand how this team comes together. Uh, they've gone big with Ravi Ashwin and Shikhar Dhawan, um, 
you know, with their Indian players. They've got Amit Mishra, who I think is the highest wicket taker in CPL history. Um, but they do have Rizba Pant. But look, there's a lot of talent there. Yeah, they've got Prithvi Shaw as well. Yeah, I'm just not sure how it all comes together. be interesting to see if Kimo Paul goes over because he pulled out of the England te- te- um He did, didn't uh, he? Series as well. well, so did so, Hetmeyer. Yeah, oh, of course he did too. Mm. So be very interesting to see if they go over. I'm assuming they will now that they've seen that the other tour went well. I think I think their original fear was probably more that it wouldn't, you know, that it wouldn't work and that it did. And uh, you got to understand too, you know, with someone like Kimo Paul, he basically, he, you know, he's a provider for his whole family. Yeah. Also, worried about that. these guys have just been had their retainers cut by fifty percent. This is where they earn their year's money. You know, you, you don't want to be going to England, bowl forty overs, and then pull a hamstring and then miss out on the IPL. I'm sorry, but that's just. You know, I can understand why anyone anyone would think that. Lastly, Kings Eleven Punjab, uh, Chris Gale. Uh, is he still playing? He didn't even play in the CPL, did he? I can't even remember. KL Rahul. Let's have a look at some of their overseas. Nicholas Poran. He was yeah. actually he pulled out of the uh, didn't he pull out of the uh, the England toy? It was Poran rather than Kimo Paul, wasn't it? Anyway, Glenn Maxwell, Sheldon Cottrell, Jimmy Neesham, everyone's favourite Kiwi, and Chris Jordan as well, who we mentioned earlier on. Yeah, really interesting team here. They can, uh, they can, they can put Chris Gale, um, Glenn Maxwell together, uh, and Nicholas Perrin as well. Um, <laughs> that could be one of the most exciting sort of three. And they all bat in different positions. So you know, sometimes when we talk about this, everyone's an opener. Um, but in this particular case, you know, Gale opens, Maxwell bats at three, and Perrin bats at four or five. It's it's kind of great. And they've all got. I don't know if you remember him, Safaraz Khan. Of course, was, yeah, the youngster who was a RCB, yeah, wasn't he? RCB got rid of KL Roll yeah. to keep Safaraz Khan. That's right. Uh, which might have been the end of my uh, my time with Bangalore. I was so upset with him for that one. But, um, you know, he if anyone had ever seen him, he, you know, he does not look athletic at all, but he has one of the best hand-eye coordination that you'll ever see. Um, and he hits the ball. So they've got a lot of guys there who can really whack the ball around. Um, you know, looking at that team, it'd be interesting to see sort of where they go. I don't, you know, Sheldon Cottrell probably for me is the the, the fourth bowler, a fourth overseas player, sorry, that comes in. So Chris Jordan does me, um, go out. But if I remember correctly, Chris Gale didn't play in the CPL because he was changing clubs and the club he changed to, um, he had a falling out with and he just didn't play, uh, which is kind of ridiculous but that's uh, i suppose where we are in internet in in the t20 leagues at the moment you're listening to the cricket collective on talk sport 2 myself john norman and jared kimber alongside me now guest on sports day on talk sport 2 was indian cricket writer uh, and friend of the station chaitan narula running the eye over the english players that will be taking part in this year's competition we are very, very glad that we have English cricketers in the IPL now because there was a time when they were not participating for obvious reasons, clash with the English summer, to be honest. But since things have changed that, you know, English cricket needs to concentrate on white ball cricket and they have done well, haven't they? So uh, it's really great to see all these English cricketers here in the IPL and, you know, people like Josh Butler, Ben Stokes, uh, we have Tom Curran and Sam Curran this year, we have Josh Archer coming this year, Ewan Morgan, and Jason Roy, they have set a light. We have had, had Moeen Ali at RCB. We have Chris Jordan. They, each of them bring so much expertise with the white ball, so much excitement. I mean, look at Ian Morgan, so much experience. Sure. He surely accentuates Kolkata Knight Riders with all the experience. They, they need leadership figures. And with Morgan around there, World Cup winning captain, Joffre Archer with his pace, uh, Ben Stokes, Josh Butler, all-rounders again, Chris Jordan, 
I think he's a really quality depth bowler. Moin Ali, again, an all-rounder. So, Sam Curran, Tom Curran, the Curran brothers, such, uh, you know, exciting cricketers. So, again, it, it brings an element. Uh, we were missing this element. Let's, let me just say that. We were missing this element in the icon, and it's just so much good fun to have these cricketers here. That was Chaitan Narella speaking uh, with Paul Coit on TalkSport 2's Sports Day breakfast show. One of the points that's always made about the IPL is that it's beneficial for players themselves to play in it um, because the argument goes, forget the fact that they're in there for the money, essentially, and, and the, the just the sheer excitement and glory of playing in front of packed houses normally. But, of course, the fact that the Indian players can't play in any of the other tournaments... Isn't that not seen as a? Why is that never seen as a de- detraction from their abilities to play cricket at the highest level when it comes to uh, World T Twenties and fifty over competitions? I, I actually think that's been mentioned a lot. Um, when mm. India have struggled in white ball cricket over the last couple of years, their fan base has started to say uh, everyone else has the advantage of playing in India and outside of India, whether it's your home um, conditions or whether you like Kyron Pollard or Dwayne Bravo, and you play in every single competition there is, sometimes concurrently. Um, you know, I think that's a huge advantage. And the best international um, T20 team around the world has been the West Indies. They've won two tournaments. They probably would have won a third if they'd kept half their team together for 2014. Um, and they go around the world playing in all these tournaments. They play more T20 games than anyone else. I think Corin Pollard's played the most, and I think Dwayne Bravo might have played the second most, and Chris Gale's not far away um, at the top of that list as well. So... They are experienced, they understand the game. Indian players don't play that much T20 cricket and they don't play it outside of India. Although, to be fair, they are going to be playing this one in the UAE and they did play one IPL in South Africa. But, you know, in general, they don't play that much. And, and it is something that people have started to talk about. It's, it's very interesting watching the similar sort of arguments that go on that you, you know, once had in English football about their Premier League. Um, and that's what this was based on, really. It's a combination of sort of American leagues and the English Football League. And similar sorts of things start to happen. You know, are the, are the young players developing in the right way? Yeah, they get access to, you know, the best coaches around the world. But they, then what happens for the next 10 months? And, and I've talked to some of the coaches uh, quite a lot. And they'll say it's, it's that period between the tournaments that they don't think the IPL is still, you know, a top tier tournament, you know, when it comes to compared to the development that Crystal Palace would have or the Denver Nuggets would have or, you know, even even, you know, lower league professional uh, competitions around the world. So that's that's definitely starting to happen. And of course, that only stops when India start to win major tournaments. Yeah, I mean, they don't own the players outside this two-week, pe- two-month period, do they? That's um, the major difference. Uh, San Francisco 49ers or Crystal Palace, they own their, pl- own their players and can do whatever they want with their players for 12 months a year. Um, it's one of the big problems in, in all T20 cricket is this there's like a real lack of development of good young players because of what you've just said. So when I was with St. Lucia, that was one of my things was to get them on development contracts for the rest of the year so I could get them with a coach three or four times a year so I could get them with their fitness, you know, all those sorts of things that you need to make sure. And I remember there being a young player at, uh, at RCB who they were really looking at developing and they thought they'd done heaps of work with him. And he went back to his local team and they completely changed the role that he played um, when, he, when he played um, domestic cricket in India. And he came back, uh, you know, two months before the next IPL season and they had to start him up again. And it's not just them either. Um, I remember Travis Head, it might have been an RCB as well. I can't remember which team Travis Head played for. But they really worked on Travis Head in, you know, manipulating singles and against spinners and then hitting big against spinners when he had to. And he came back nine months later, and uh, they had to start again. It's a huge problem with, with that game. And you can see why, 
you know, th- that's the problem with having all these individual pop-up leagues rather than one or two, you know, giant leagues. Can you not foresee um, a return to not the... Um, Tim, Tim Wigmore wrote a piece about a month or so ago saying that the cricket bods are looking at relaunching the Champions League, the Cricket Champions League, which hmm. I watched uh, and I'm sure you so did, but nobody else did. So, yeah, can you not foresee a time when actually the 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 top teams in every single T20 league actually come together and create their own breakaway or however they do it league which actually it does go on for 12 months a year and they do retain their players and it wouldn't be a, a six week tournament it would be staggered across say 10 months of the year maybe like a you know one game a month or something i, I can't quite work work it out but it, it does seem to me that there are clubs or franchises that are do have a recognisable brand outside of their own country. And it actually would be a good way of moving the T20 game forward. Look, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, this is what the original breakaway was that when Lalit Modu was, uh, was chatting to some of the England bosses that became such a big problem uh, back in English cricket, what, almost 10 years ago now, maybe, maybe even longer, maybe 12 years ago now, uh, that teams were already starting to think about that. Here, here's my problem. When we did the Champions League, there was lots of sort of different problems within that one was as you've just said that you know Corin Pollard Dirk Nannis I think Cameron might qualified for about four teams each yeah um which straight away meant it was ridiculous yes then then you had the, the fact that they they almost rigged the system to make sure that the Indian teams made the finals yeah uh, because they when the Indi- to have more overseas players didn't they because I think Mumbai, Mumbai had, had some injuries yeah. so they're like oh actually Mumbai, it's changed the it rules. wasn't an injury it was even better than that John Mumbai um, said one of their players was injured they brought in a fifth overseas player to cover that player and then that player went and played club cricket and made 100 that week <laughs> uh, just to show what a sham that tournament was so that that is certainly something that has got slightly better so you do have that but the thing was that it's very hard to get the ratings up for when uh, okay, let's take Otago out. Um, but we, you know, when Trimbago are playing against Surrey, you're still going to struggle, I think, with the ratings. And that's where that particular competition is a problem. Uh, but you're not wrong. I mean, it would be, it would be a very, very strong um, system. Uh, you would be able to keep the players in. It would move T20 cricket forward. Uh, it would make the international scene have to reevaluate. I, I, look, there's a lot of good things there. I'm just not sure there's enough money in that particular idea. The real money would be in one of two things, either having two IPLs, having the big one um, at the start of the year, and having a small sort of FA Cup style one later in the year, where perhaps you could then bring in, you might have all the IPL teams in it, they automatically all qualify, but then you have uh, teams from uh, other competitions come in for that for three or four weeks which is a possibility. Um, the other one is that the most obvious thing is if, if this is really going to work, this idea, and T20 is a proper sustainable sport, then you need a proper season. You need at least a five-month season. And that's what I think the IPL think they will be able to do within the next five to ten years. And if that's the case, that's going to change uh, cricket again massively. Um, but it is the only way for T20 cricket to be serious. If, if it is to be a serious sport, then it needs one of these competitions, and the IPL is the most logical, to have a proper season. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Still to come on the show, we will be crossing um, over to the UAE to hear just how this uh, competition has been put together. We'll be speaking to uh, one of the big bosses at the Rajasthan Royals. You're listening to TalkSport 2, the Cricket Collective, thanks to the Institute of Cricket. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Third one inside the power play and he's in. He's bowled and he's hit for six over long on. What a shot from Josh Butler. Stokes in again. Spawns in it! It's been taken! Stokes has done it again! In goes Archer. Round the wicket. It's up. Back pad. He's gone. He's got him. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on Talk Sport 2. Myself, John Norman, Jared Kimber alongside me, looking ahead to the start of the IPL, which gets underway on Saturday. You can follow the action on Talk Sport 2 from Mondays through to Fridays every afternoon. I'm delighted to say that Jake Lush McCrum, the COO of Rajasthan Royals, joins us now from UAE, where he's been ensconced for the last three weeks or so. Jake, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Can you give us some idea of just how much work has been put in behind the scenes to get the IPL up and running this year, given the backdrop of coronavirus, which, of course, has affected everything? Yeah, there's, there's been a huge amount of work over the last last three to four months um, since the postponement of the tournament. I think the BCCI have been working extremely hard to find solutions, and, and thankfully they found a great partner in the UAE to host it, who have hosted it before. Um, there have obviously been several challenges around COVID testing, um, travel, et cetera, to, to get the boys over here. And then there's the, basically ensuring they, they have their mental well-being as, um, as big a focus for us as possible because it, it is very challenging being in a bubble for this length of time. I mean, thankfully, we've got a great facility here, a private beach, 
um, and many other features to, to keep them engaged. But there are still challenges, and, and it's just so important to, to keep being really adaptable and flexible during this time. Just on a you know basic sort of logistics thing, when you're putting together your roster, you're obviously putting it together for smaller Indian grounds. I know the UAE pitches and the Indian pitches are similar, but you know you've lost your home advantage. All those sorts of things have that has that come into your thinking uh, with with the way that you put your squad together at all? Yes, I think we have a slight advantage there in the sense that Jaipur is, is probably the most similar to the to the Abu Dhabi high pitches um, as any in the IPL. So, you know, we built a team to obviously perform in every round and have the flexibility to execute on every round, but, you know, with a favour to, to the Jaipur wicket um, and, and the big pitch there. So I think, we, you know, we're, we're accustomed to that and, and hence uh, the players actually we think will perform well on these wickets. Um, with regards to, to Sharjah, again, within your squad, you've always got to have the flexibility to perform in Bangalore, to perform in Eden Gardens, um, which are different, differing wickets inside stadiums. So I think... You know, we we believe we've got that diversity and, and that strength and depth in the squad to perform. And we won in, in Eden Gardens and, and should have won in Bangalore last year if it hadn't been for the rain. So, um, no, I think we're well prepared. Jake, news has come from the ECB today of widespread redundancies and due in, totally because of coronavirus. What kind of future would the Registrar Royals and other IPL teams have been facing if the IPL hadn't taken place this year? I think yeah, I think a lot of sports organisations and, and teams are facing challenges across the board um, with the IPL. So we'd actually um, secured insurance this year um, to cover a number of our, our new streams, which is, was important to us. Um, but also, um, you know, with the flexibility of our, our cash flow and our cash flow management over the last few years, um, we were in a position where we could sort of manage that if there hadn't been one. However, we were always confident in the, in the BCCI finding a solution for it. Just on, on England, you obviously have a lot of English players. Uh, you, you know, outside of Lords, was it last year or the year before, you had um, people um, promoting the team. What, why has it been so important for Rajasthan to you know, be known as sort of England's IPL team, which is kind of where you're going with it? Yeah, I think I, I mean we want to have a, an IPL team with global appeal, and and having four English stars in our team and all World Cup winners, um, you know, gives us a stronger base here. We've obviously got his owner Manoj Badali, who's who's based out of the UK and and has a you know portfolio of businesses there, and hence we've got the sort of um, on-ground resource to support that. We've launched an academy in the last year and are looking to launch more, um, and we want to really you know we want to give back to both players in the grassroots network and and fans. Uh, and bring them closer to the action. So um, by having the Stokes Butlers, Joffers and, and Tom Currens um, in the side, we hope to excite the sort of English public around IPL. The, the growth in viewership has been quite significant over the last couple of years as, as more and more English players are involved in it. And we hope that the majority of them are supporting the Rajasthan Royals this season. Um, Jake, and is there any word on w- when we can expect Ben Stokes to play? <laughs> I think you probably saw um, Andrew McDonald's um, interview with uh, with ESPN um, yesterday, I mean, um, Ben is spending time with his family, and that's the most important thing. Um, we're in we're in constant touch with with him and the full family there, and and you know, giving him all the support and flexibility that he needs. Um, whenever we do get information around that, we will share it. But you know, family is the most important thing at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thoughts with Ben and his family, of course. One of the topics that myself and Jared were speaking about earlier in the show was how the IPL, of course, only takes place six weeks a year, six, well, two months a year. 
uh, how does your job differ in and out in and outside of tournament time? And is when you sign up players, it seems to me that Rajasthan are the leaders in the market in some regard, in so far that you seem to have a relationship with the players outside of that competition window in a way that the other teams don't quite don't quite do. Is, would that be fair in saying? I think it's really important for us to have that year-round relationship, as you say. Um, we build both a player development plan around them, but also an engagement plan with them. Um, so whether it's when the English boys are in, in, in London and we, you know, Manoj and myself look to catch up, or when I'm over in Mumbai and around India, we look to sort of connect with them. So um, the fact is, you know, they all have their support networks, both family, friends, but also cricket in each of their structures. However, we do believe we can you know, add value to the development of their game through the year. And whether they move on or not at the end of the year, we're happy to, to provide that support to them. So whether it's you know, Stefan Jones as our fast bowling development coach, he spends a huge amount of time with our, our Indian fast bowlers um, through the year, working with them on technical improvement, S&C. If they were to, to move to another franchise after a year, we don't mind that investment because that's, that's our commitment to the players as part of this franchise. And I think and they respond really positively to that. It's been very interesting. Um, you, you talked about Andrew McDonald, your coach earlier. So obviously Andrew McDonald, who's, who's coached in the UK and um, is an Australian, uh, former Australian cricketer. He, he's obviously involved with the Australian team now, but is also your coach. Do you have to ha- spend a lot of time uh, with Cricket Australia trying to work out how that relationship works? We, so we signed up uh, Andrew before the Australian team did, and we were very clear um, in that deal with to, you know, around IPA, he had to be here X number of days before, and he's completely supportive of that because that's what that he needs to ensure that the processes are in place and the developments in place to get our team ready to execute. Um, so thankfully, we've got that clarity. Um, Cricket Australia have been really supportive around that as well. Um, but but you know, Andrew's 100% sort of committed to the franchise and. And we've been absolutely delighted with the work you've done so far. Um, and in terms of the fact that we could be um, having IPL now and also IPL in, in March, is that something that actually would be something that you would favour? Um, something that would actually work to your strengths as a as a club, having two IPLs coming so close to each other? Yeah, it's a huge opportunity. I think six months um, of, sort of continuous traction around the tournament. Um, there's always an auction in between as well. That's another huge event that could be there. Um, so it's a great time to engage new fans and, and sort of deepen the relationship with your current fans through this period. And um, we've got a huge, huge focus around our, our digital piece. Um, we're launching a, a fan engagement app tomorrow. Um, and we've got many other areas with the digital academy and, and online education courses and, and our social channels as well. So it's a great chance for us to, to really give them a, an insight an insight into the franchise um, and have them follow us all through and then follow those players' journeys with their international teams and then coming back to us in, in April and, and hopefully um, competing and, and finishing high up in, in the table and, and competing in the playoffs in the final. Brilliant stuff. Well, look, Jake, I really appreciate you taking some time out of what must be an incredibly busy uh, schedule. Uh, go well for the tournament and we'll certainly be uh, following all the action from uh, Rajasthan Royals and uh, and the other IPL teams. But, uh, yeah, brilliant. Thanks so much for joining us on the Cricket Collective. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. That was uh, Jake Lush-McCrum. And, uh, I mean, Jared, Raj- when it comes to Rajasthan Royals, they, they certainly do set the bar high when it comes to um, their relationship with the media, essentially, in, in one regard. Certainly, I don't think it would be possible to get 
you know, chief operating officers from many IPL teams at, uh, <laughs> at such short notice that we got in the Cricket Collective this week? No, they, they do operate in a different way, partly because you've, you've got to remember that Rajasthan is a different kind of market. Uh, you know, in Kolkata and Mumbai, they, they just, I don't think they care as much about the English market. Whereas for Rajasthan, I think it's a realistic aim for them to, you know, to look to be the more global team, um, you know, to, to get uh, people don't know that much about Rajasthan. So it can almost be, you know, the Royals can almost be a team for many different fans from outside. Also, they had the sort of romantic start, uh, you know, coming from nowhere, picking up a bunch of uh, you know, very cheap options in that first IPL draft, coming from nowhere and winning. It's, it's a very, very interesting franchise, I think. And they do a lot of very good things. Um, even, even, you know, having an Australian coach who's, who's their coach. It's, every, everything about them is quite interesting. Also, you know, the, the fact that they have gone after so many England players. Mm. There was a long time in the IPL uh, where teams wouldn't go for England players at all. They felt that the England players were quite often uh, would put themselves too high up um, in, when it came to their cost. Um, and obviously before Andrew Strauss got involved, England players weren't always available at the right times, all those sorts of things. But Rajasthan have gone all in, haven't they? Vinay Kumar bolts to Janosha. He leaves, no doubt, whatsoever. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on Talk Sport 2. This week we're talking about the IPL, which gets underway on Saturday, and you can cover and follow all of the action on Talk Sport 2. We'll be bringing you extended coverage uh, every weekday from uh, 2.30. Let's cross to Australia, though, now. Gav Joshi, who is a freelance cricket writer um, and uh, expert in the IPL, joins us uh, on the show. Uh, Gav, thanks for joining us. Just, um, I suppose, a quick question. It's interesting to, to cross to Australia because, you know, we should have been looking forward to the, uh, the World T20. Um, but when it came to it, such as the strength of the IPL, um, that the World T20 was postponed. And I know there was coronavirus situation in and around that and travelling teams internationally. But uh, give us an idea of where the IPL now sits in the international cricket calendar as a domestic competition notionally and just how important it was for cricket that the IPL was taking place. Well, you just have to look at the revenue market. And firstly, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you just have to look at the amount of revenue the BCCI generates out of IPL. It's just phenomenal. I think it's 7 or $8 million they get from uh, the broadcasters per game, uh, which is right up there with an EPL game or a, a even getting close to a Super Bowl. So um, you think over time that might even catch up. But in, in context to, you know, with the World T20 being cancelled, um, what I found surprising is how open Australia has been to the IPL in terms of its even coaching staff. I mean, Justin Langer understands that, I mean, especially given cricket in the state that it's in, that it's vital for Australia to host India this summer. So they didn't want to upset anyone. And for that, Justin Langer even came out saying, well, you know, we have to take it on the chin that some of our players, um, if the IPL runs in parallel with the domestic competition, some of our star players have to be made available to the IPL. So 
the perception's changed about the IPL. I think people have started to understand, even in Australia, that how important it is for the Aussie players to head over there. Um, one thing people forget is, I think I worked out, I think total value of the Australian IP, uh, of the IPL players this year is about close to $15 million, and 10% of that goes back to Australia, Cricket Australia. Uh, that's just how the revenue model works. So um, it's pretty important, um, and especially with the T20 getting cancelled, something we we'll look forward to. The only thing why IPL probably doesn't get on the well, the front pages or the back pages is the time zones. It's uh, it's not the right time zones. When it's not, we're not as lucky as what it is in India or even England for that matter. Gav, just on the UAE and the IPL moving there, a few years ago they obviously played there um, and it, it, I think it was around the elections, wasn't it? And they had to move the tournament, yep. the, first, the first half of the tournament. How much does that affect, you know, we've seen with Pakistan over the years that, you know, playing away from home can, can affect things, especially in the UAE, which can be a bit of a, a mood hoover um, when it comes to uh, watching cricket. How much do you think that will affect the IPL? Well, I don't think... It, it would affect it hugely, but uh, uh, in the initial part of the IPL, I think, you know, as we get after maybe three or four weeks, in, it is a long tournament, and I think players are certainly going to start missing, you know, the simple components. I mean, in the IPL, it's fantastic because you have, you know, Bollywood celebrities around you, you have your friends and family, um, and generally in India, the players do get pampered a lot. You've got three people to, you know, pick up your equipment and so forth. Um, so in Initially, I don't feel, I think, especially the long layoff that all the cricketers have had, um, they'll be itching to play. But I think especially for a team that certainly doesn't start too well, um, you know, there could be problems because we've seen, you know, someone like Suresh Raina go home. Um, who knows? We could have, you know, a few other players opting to just say, well, I've got to get out of the bubble here because it's... T- it's too hectic. In terms of cricketing perspective, I don't think much is going to change because uh, you probably know better than I do, Jared, that the conditions are fairly similar over there. Um, but I think my concern is especially for teams, if they start slipping off the radar, uh, we could get a bit of problems with with some of the youngsters uh, because, you know, suddenly staying in the bubble and doing things on your own is probably not something that, that they're accustomed to. And just on the whole tournament, I mean, one of the things that the IPL is famous for, and, and this is going to sound a bit ridiculous, but is cheerleaders. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it sort of brought cheerleaders into cricket. I mean, originally, I think they hired the NFL cheerleaders and brought them straight over. And then, you know, yeah. some, some teams have their own local cheerleaders. And it's, it's, it's a very weird thing. <laughs> is this not going to prove that the IPL does no longer need cheerleaders? Because surely they're not going to have cheerleaders in an empty ground. <laughs> Well, we're not, but I'm 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 looking forward to what the broad host broadcast is going to do. I'm sure you've heard of it, Jared, back here um, when we've had the rugby league matches and even some AFL matches. That the broadcasters have actually, you know, induced some sound into the broadcast. Um, mm. So. Hey, who knows? Star Sports might just have these cheerleaders sitting in a studio, and they just might merge them in. You never know. But uh, I'm I'm really curious to see because I think it's a it's a new zone for the broadcasters, and you know, with India with so many people, um, it's going to be interesting to see how the cricket is presented to the audience because that's the real big deal. Let's hear from uh, Pat Cummins, actually, record signing for Kolkata Knight Riders. We know what we're signing up for. Um, you know, we've been to IPLs before of Simulink, so. Um, we'll get ahead around that. We're, we're used to long tours as cricketers. Um, in terms of safety, I've got no worries at all. Um, 
hearing the lengths that they've gone to to, to try and protect um, you know, the tournament, the players and the staff um, is huge. We see it first here in, hand here in England. Um, literally no stones left unturned. So um, you know, we've hardly seen anyone. Um, we feel really safe. Um, and, and I'm sure it's going to be the same over there from, from what I've heard. So um, now excited to get over there and play. Um, know it's going to be and, and feel a little bit differently to, to what normal IPLs feel like. But, um, you know, hopefully the cricket's the same. Uh, Gav, quick question on Patrick Cummins. Is he the real deal when it comes to T20? Is he a guy that uh, wears that kind of pressure comfortably on his shoulders? Well, the one thing I always look at is, you know, in the IPL, you, you look at the bowlers and what IPL franchise want them to be is win matches with the ball, not just at the front end, but towards the back end. And Australia's had the great luxury of having, you know, someone like Mitchell Stark or even a, a a death specialist like an Andrew Ty and um, Pat Cummins hasn't played a lot of T20 cricket for Australia um, and if he has he hasn't been renowned as a death bowler there's a couple of experts around him so 3.16 million tag um, I think people are going to be looking at him closely I think Calcutta is probably going to look at him as a death overs or he'll need to bowl a couple of overs at the death and win the matches so I reckon there's plenty of pressure on him um, to see how he goes and IPL you know it's it's not as easy as you think um, there are some great batsmen in there you know imagine bowling to someone like A.B. de Villiers or even a Coley uh, or a, or so, someone like Hardik Pandya even so I think it's a huge challenge is he worth that much well Time will tell, but 3.16, that is a heck of a lot of money. He better be, you know, winning KKR some matches. Brilliant stuff, Gav. And before you go, your tip for the uh, title this year? I'm going to just stick with someone like still a Mumbai Indians. Um, I just, they're just such a professional unit. Um, they do their research so well. I, I, I mean, you know, the greatest strength is they five, six, and seven. Uh, you know, Rohit Sharma stay up the top, but uh, Karan Pollard and, and the two Pandya brothers, uh, I don't think any other team have that much strength at five, six, seven. So, uh, who knows, back to back, nobody's, I think Chennai Super King's the only one to do it, but I reckon I'm backing them, and I think Abu Dhabi might suit them as well. So, Mumbai Indians for me. Come on then, let's both, let's both tip a team that's definitely not good. Although I did tip um, Trimbago to win the CPL, which was... Well, everyone tipped Trimbago to no, win the CPL. No, you tipped Have you Jamaica. Yeah, but you no, tipped Jamaica. I said Jamaica would be you, the most fun. No, team. that's not true. You tipped Jamaica. <laughs> you have so to go back to the tape on that. You tipped Jamaica. Um, who are you tipping for the IPL? Because it's... Uh, it, well, I suppose it's one of four, isn't it? Chennai, mm-hmm. KKR, Mumbai, or... Sunrises. Mm, I suppose you could put Rajasthan in there as well. Yeah, where, like you, where are you going? Sunrises. Yeah. You're going Sunrises. Yeah, I, th- I think their, their squad comes together. They're always very clever. And I think you, you kind of back Rashid Khan to begin with, and then you work back from there. So I think they're in a really good position. But I mean, Mumbai probably still have the best squad. Okay, well, I'm going to go for Kolkata um, because... Look, any team that's got uh, Sun or Narine in it is basically. I just ha- I have to like them. Um, <laughs> it's one of the my biggest disappointments in recent years is that he never played Test cricket. In fact, he doesn't really play that much for for West Indies in general. But I, I love watching him play. So uh, I'm going to go for Kolkata. So just so look, the, the producer here, can we just get clarification? Who is Jared? Is Jared just saying who, who's going to be the most fun team to watch, or is he actually tipping a team to win there? No, no, I. I think you'll find 
that I said Jamaica was the most fun team. I'm saying that Sunrise, Sunrise is not a fun team. If you want me to pick the most fun team, let's go back to Puran, Gale and Maxwell because that could be awesome. There, there are a lot of fun teams in the IPL. Um, and you can follow it here on TalkSport 2. We will have extended coverage for you every midweek afternoon starting from next week. That's pretty much it, Jared. Thanks for your time, mate. Brilliant as ever. Um, we will uh, be uh, reunited after the third ODI between England and Australia following on podcast looking back at that match and the series and um, I tell you what actually Jared every single so I missed the second ODI for reasons that are too boring to go into but every single time I get Guy Swindles to report on a game on, on TalkSport <laughs> it always ends up being an absolute classic so maybe I'll just give Wednesday's game a miss do everyone a favour uh, anyway Jared thanks for your time and thank you for listening to TalkSport 2 this has been the Cricket Collective a lot of fun we will be back next week as well and don't forget the following on podcast uh, every week on uh, ACOS, Spotify or Apple Podcasts uh, this has been the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 the following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism and this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 